Was Jesus homeschooled? The answer to that and other questions on Key Life. Key Life exists to communicate that the deepest message of Jesus and the Bible is the radical grace of God to sinners and sufferers. Life's hard for everyone, so grace is for all of us. But there's a lot of confusion about how grace applies to real life. So here's seminary professor and author Steve Brown and Pete Allenson from Forge Truth to answer your questions. Thank you, Matthew. Hi, Pete. Hey, man. How you doing? <laughs> I thought I'd put in a word for homeschooling. Hey, I man. Know. You never know. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that question in just a minute. In fact, I thought we had heard all the questions, but we got a question that's a little bit different, so we'll talk about it later. Pete Alvinson uh, comes in on Fridays. And listen, do check out forgetruth.com. There's so much there, and you can get a copy of Pete's book, Like Father, Like Son. And if he would work a little bit harder on it, his second book would be out mm -hmm. soon. But how are you doing with that? <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. I'm writing something else right now, but it's coming. You're going to eventually. Well, I'll talk about it when you eventually get it out. By the way, if you live in central Florida, this men's ministry is incredible, and lives are being changed in major ways. You might want to check it out by going to forgetruth.com. By the way, we love to get your questions. You can call 1-800-KEY-LIFE 24-7 and record your question, and sometimes we put it on the air. Or you can write Key Life Network, Post Office Box 5000, Maitland, Florida, 32794. In Canada, it's Key Life Canada, Post Office Box 28060, Waterloo, Ontario, N2L6J8. Or you can email your question to steve at keylife.org. And um, I'm required to say this. And it's a good thing that I do. If you can help us financially, all of those contact places are places where you could do that. Be as generous as you can if you can help us financially. And if you can't, we understand. But I do know that when you give a gift to Key Life, we squeeze every dime for the glory of God. Pete, why don't you leave us in prayer? We'll get to some of these questions. You got it. Our Father, we do joyfully come into your presence today as we bow before you, as we think about who you are. And Lord, we, we thank you for watching over us all week, that you are sovereign, that you are really in charge, that you're good and merciful and kind, that you know what we've been through, even at a deeper level than we know ourselves. And so we come to you on this Friday, and we thank you for what you've done that, that is good that we don't even know about, and we thank you for what you are going to do. And Lord, we bring our needs to you, and there's so many uh, needs for wisdom, for the right decision, for the right job, the right relationships. Lord, we come to you, and, and we ask and trust in you ultimately that you would provide for us. Be with our leaders this weekend as they proclaim your word as they lead us into worship. And Lord, may we repent of our sins and rest in the grace that is ours in Christ Jesus. And would you be honored as we gather together? Thank you for Key Life. Thank you for the time of Q&A now. We commit it to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Pete, let's go to our phone lines. Who taught Jesus how to read? 
Well, that was quick and short. Yeah. Who taught Jesus how to read? Well, you know, you, was Listen, he homeschooled? He was God. He didn't have to learn. He knew. Ah, you know, <laughs> that's an interesting point. There is that point in the Gospels about Jesus growing in stature and in wisdom. Uh, favor with God and, and man. with God and man. So he had to develop. So he really does, according to Hebrews, he really understands what it's like to be human. Yeah, he really does. Yeah. And, but you, but you know, the synagogue has always been a place of teaching, and parental teaching, and the scriptures speak to that a lot. Uh, has always teach your children, yeah. remind them, let them remember. So Jesus knew that. We only know of one place where he wrote anything, uh, and that was with a woman caught in adultery. He wrote mm-hmm. on the ground, so mm-hmm. we know he could write. Yep. Yep. So he probably from a variety of different sources. Yeah. So what's the difference between the temple and the synagogue? Well, the temple is the main place. The synagogue is the meeting of place with 12 Jews who make up a congregation that meet away from the temple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when the temple was destroyed, the synagogue became the central place of meeting. Just a meeting place of Jews. Like the local church. I guess. Spread yeah, out all I over guess, the place. I'm not sure. I'm talking off the top of my head, no, so I'm th- not really sure. I but think I, you're right. I, I think so. From my reading, it, it started during the, the exile, right? Yeah, I, I, Yes, it did. And as you read the book of Acts, you find that Paul very often went to the synagogue first. That's right. To the Jews first and then to the Greeks and so we know that it was an established ecclesiastical structure yeah. early on yeah, and a place of learning. Jews have often done that. That's it's right. It's been a place of learning and uh, incredible, um, incredible invention and entrepreneurship. Oh, man. That's right. I mean, education and uh, has been historically from the Jews. I mean, the law, the whole law of, of Moses, Holy Torah. Um, affected the laws of all ancient civilizations. So, yeah, yeah they've okay. always been learner. This is an email. Are we as Christians called to holiness? And if so, how do we get there? Yeah. How did you get there? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the true holiness that I possess is through faith in Christ. It's true. And so it I'm really declared is. righteous, declared sinless through the faith, through faith in Christ. But that becomes a progressive thing that he brings into our life and into our soul. He puts, upon conversion, he puts the law in our heart, the spirit in our life. We have a want to, and as as we study the Word of God, he brings changes. But it's a long process, isn't it? And the process works because of our our forgiveness and Mm. our redemption Mm -hmm. and the imputation of Christ's righteousness. When somebody says, look, I'm not as good as I want to be, but I'm going to get better, they won't. <laughs> but if they say, I'm not as good as I want to be, and I'm going to run to Jesus right, because he'll forgive me, and then you wake up one day, and do you know what the mission statement of Key Life has been for 100 years? Getting you and those you loved home with radical freedom, infectious joy, and here it comes, wait for it, surprising faithfulness yeah yeah and the faithfulness now there's a a word needs to be said about holiness too right that means being set apart that's right it doesn't mean not smoking that's right i mean you shouldn't smoke but that's not what it's talking about it's talking about the vessel 
that is set apart for a God's purpose. Mm-hmm. And so holiness isn't getting better and better in every way every day. That would be sanctification when it happens. But holiness is what we are. Mm-hmm. We're set aside. Yeah. We're special. We're different. And so when we th- when those people bring that question up, they're really talking and thinking about the whole idea of sanctification and growing in righteousness. Yeah. More so is what we're talking about. That's true. Exactly. And we do grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus and uh, and and sometimes and, and that's why there's some disciplines that we do too. Ooh, there's things yeah. we don't do and things we do. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. With always the safety net of a God who has already accepted that's you right. and forgiven that's you. That's right. And that's the end. Grace is really the biggest energizing power really of all sanctification because knowing that I am forgiven completely is what energizes me to want to be better oh, yeah. in practice. That's right. Good stuff. What brings up this in email? What causes revival? Yeah, wow. You God. know, there's so many books. God does. Yeah, that's the good answer. That's the, <laughs> that may be the only one. I, I know, right? Can, you know, are there, and, and J. Edwin Orr did a lot of studies on, on I revival. Read his book, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I mean, there, there are principles of revival, I suppose, but we, you, you can never nail God down to it. No, it's kind of, it can become kind of a let's manipulate God into doing a revival yeah, for us. Yeah. And he won't be manipulated. Yeah, right. And, I, you know, you, you read those things that are present in revival, like prayer, seasons of prayer, repentance, and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. But sometimes they're going on and we don't have revival. That's right. That's right. So God decides. I think, and I ask him. You know, every morning, could you do it? Be it'd be a good time right now. We're That's in right. trouble here. That's right. That's right. That's right. I think we're. I think we're um, not far from awakening in America. There, there needs to be because we've reached a, a what appears to be a tipping point of declension or falling off into the pit. It's I really mean, scary. if you if you feel like our country's gone weird and you're feeling like you're crazy, you're not. Our country's gone crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and, and we do need a revival or Jesus to come back and clean the whole thing up altogether. You know, I think that the awakening, if we have another one, and I've experienced one in the Jesus revolution, uh, if we have one, it's going to be different than mm. what we think. Mm. You know, there have always been certain signs that are traditional signs of awakening and I think the new one's going to be different than that. And it's going to come from weird people who do it in a different way than we've done it all the time. Mm. And it's not going to be a revival of old stuff, uh, old religious stuff. Mm. It's going to be a revival that is brand new in new wineskins, making a difference in millions of lives. Mm-hmm. And I think the I think like AA, you know, you don't get sober to you can't yeah and when you can't then you can and we're getting that way kind of in our culture yeah god has to bring us to the end of ourselves and he knows how to do that yeah and boy but pray for revival and i think seek holiness yourself and um absolutely that works yeah okay what does the bible teach about cremation (laughs) <laughs> I've told you before, my wife says oh, when she man. dies, she's going to be created because it'll be the only, cremated because it'll be the only time she was ever warm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Uh, I'm not going to go there. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it, you know, n- nothing really. But what we really ought to ask is, what does the Bible say about resurrection? Yeah. And so we could say, well, the the Bible says that resurrection is a miraculous work of God. And so those that are lost at sea or burned in fires or whatever will be miraculously resurrected. That's true. And so, so there's some denominations that forbid cremation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I but I don't think the Bible even addresses so. that particular issue. Right. I, I agree with you. Okay. When I was young, I watched a cremation as a part of my education. I bet that was weird. Well, I decided that's not the way I want <laughs> You know, I want, I want to be there all in one piece. The, Anna wants to be warm and you want to be in one piece. <laughs> yeah, I, I get what, that. That works. we got to go. <laughs> P-Life is a listener-supported production of P-Life Network.